the Lord, let the words of my heart and the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Please be seated. There was an atheist who thought that prayer was stupid and useless. He was a roofer, and one day he was working up high on a three-story building which had a very steep roof, and he lost his footing and started to roll down off the roof. In desperation, he cried out, Oh God, if there is a God, please stop me from rolling off this roof. And just then an exposed nail snagged him by the seat of his pants, and he stopped rolling. And he said, Never mind, God, this nail's got me. Have you ever felt discouraged in your prayer life? Does it sometimes seem like your prayers stop at the ceiling and don't reach God? Prayer is hard work. I don't pray enough, and I don't know that I'm not alone. But what's even worse, the Bible tells us that there are many different reasons why prayer does not get answered. <clears throat> if your car won't start, you take it to a mechanic to find the problem and get it fixed. Likewise, if your prayer life isn't fruitful, you must find out why and fix it. Today we're going to show you how to get a spiritual tune-up and look at some things the Bible says about fixing up your prayer life in no particular order. I'm going to give you a list of ten prayer killers and what to do about each one. Prayer killer number one, unresolved marital conflict, discord in the home. If there is conflict and discord in the family and the husband is not demonstrating godly attitudes toward his wife, his prayers can be useless. Listen to 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, lives with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Notice three things about this verse. First, it is addressed to husbands. Men need to recognize their God-given responsibilities in the home. In far too many homes, the wife is the spiritual leader and initiator, and she always has to be pushing him to seek the Lord. Men need to stop making excuses, stop being passive, and exercise their God-given priestly duty in the home. The second thing we see in this verse is that men are commanded to dwell with their wives with understanding, not just living together. Third, men are to give honor to their wives. Husbands need to meet their needs. Husbands need to be faithful physically, mentally, and spiritually. We owe our wives full-time commitment and vice versa. When husbands refuse to show honor to their wives and live with them in an understanding way, their prayers are hindered. Well then, what is the solution to this prayer killer? If you don't already, treat your wife as special. Talk to her. Communicate with her. Actually listen to her. 
The relationship of a married couple can be very powerful in the spiritual realm. This is why the devil does all he can to come between a couple and make them at odds with one another. Deepen your relationship with one another. Fight for one another. Don't hold grudges. Don't insist on having your way. And quickly make up when there are harsh words. Fight for your marriage so your prayers are not hindered. Then let's look at prayer killer number two, unconfessed sin. When we secretly hide sin in our lives, it dams up the spiritual channels of communication to the Father. God cannot forgive sin that you will not confess. Perhaps you have some sin in your past that has remained unjudged and unconfessed. You may even be committing a sin right now that you are trying hard to ignore. Well, listen to Psalm 66:18. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Well, then, what is the solution to this prayer killer? Spend time asking God to show you where you are intentionally hiding sin in your heart and confess and turn from it. Remember, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to beat on us and send us straight to hell? No. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. We need to pray as David prayed in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Now closely allied to this prayer killer, but even more obvious, is prayer killer number three, willful sin, deliberate disobedience. Why should God bless us and answer our prayers if we refuse to obey him and do what he's already revealed to us? Isaiah said, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not here, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. If we want to be strong people of prayer, we must learn to obey. Sin must be seriously and definitely dealt with. Did it ever occur to you that when we knowingly and deliberately sin, in effect, we are saying to God, God, leave me alone. Don't try to tell me what to do. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do things my way. That's really what it is. Behold, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. No wonder sin blockades any answer to our prayers. First Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Well, then... What is the solution to this prayer killer? When we confess sin, God forgives it and it's gone. The slate is clean. We're no longer held accountable. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-four says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Then there's prayer killer number four, lack of faith. Lack of faith can kill prayer. Even Jesus was powerless to perform any miracles in Nazareth 
because of the people's lack of faith as shown in Mark chapter 6 verse 5 and he could do no mighty work there and he marveled because of their unbelief remember the case of the man with the demon possessed son in Mark chapter 9 he came to ask Jesus to save the boy by casting out the evil spirit and Jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible for the one who believes immediately the child the cried out the father of the child cried out and said I believe help my unbelief doubting God's ability to answer our prayers is a hindrance prayer requires faith if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask God it says in the book of James chapter 1 and let him ask God and it will be given to him but let him ask in faith no with no doubting for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways being double-minded makes a person unstable and incapable of hearing from God or receiving his gifts a great example of faith is the Roman centurion who believed Jesus could heal his servant simply with his word and without having to come to his house in Matthew 8 but the centurion replied Lord I am not worthy to come under your roof but only say the word and my servant will be healed when Jesus heard this he marveled he marveled at one group who had no faith and he marveled at this man because he had faith and to the centurion Jesus said go let it be done for you as you have believed and the servant was healed at that very moment do we really believe and expect God to intervene and answer our prayers Hebrews 11:6 says without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him well then what is the solution to this prayer killer we must be confident in God's ability to grant any request and it is that is in accordance with his will and purpose for our lives God can do a lot with a little especially when we acknowledge our weakness George Mueller said faith is the eye by which we look to Jesus a dim-sighted eye is still an eye a weeping eye is still an eye faith is the hand with which we lay hold of Jesus a trembling hand is still a hand and he is a believer whose heart within him trembles when he touches the hem of the Savior's garment that he may be healed faith is the tongue by which we taste how good the Lord is a feverish tongue is nevertheless a tongue and even then we may believe when we are without the smallest portion of comfort for our faith is founded not upon feeling but upon the promises of God faith is the foot by which we go to Jesus a lame foot is still a foot he who comes slowly nevertheless comes and that brings us to prayer killer number five unforgiveness in the Lord's Prayer the phrase forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors shows us that if we are not willing to forgive others God has no obligation to forgive us Matthew 6 14 goes on to say if you forgive others their trespasses 
your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Think about that. We may have been legitimately wronged, but we must forgive as God has forgiven us because we have legitimately wronged God. How can we expect God to pour out his blessings upon us undeserving sinners if we harbor hatred and bitterness toward others? Well then, what is the solution to this prayer killer? The answer to this, of course, is to forgive. Release others from the debt they owe us. And whenever you stand praying, Jesus said, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Prayer killer number six, neglecting the poor. Proverbs twenty-one thirteen says, Whosoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Now this isn't talking about people who are poor because they're lazy and provident bums but rather those who are truly needy, they are unable to work, they can't find work or whatever. What is the solution to this prayer, Ken Skiller? Don't be so stingy. Give a guy a helping hand if you're able and he's deserving. Prayer killer number seven, selfish motives. God sometimes refuses to answer our prayers because our motives are purely selfish. You ask and do not receive, he says in James chapter 4, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. When we pray for God to use us, is it for his glory or for your own? Like when a girl prays for some guy to get saved, oh, you say, that's good. And then you find out that she is only really praying for him to get saved because she wants to date him. That just might kind of cancel out the prayer. When we pray with wrong motives, we're basically telling God, I don't care what you desire as long as I get what I want. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Well then, what is the solution to this prayer killer? Make sure our motives are right when we seek him in prayer. Ask God to purify our motives so that our prayers can be in alignment with what he desires. Prayer killer number eight, disregard for God's sovereignty. It is a fact that God is sovereignty, and he can hear and answer anyone, anytime, whenever he feels like it. It's really God's business whom he answers and whom he doesn't. We should always begin our prayers acknowledging that God is in charge, not us, that he is sovereign, and that we are children under the authority of the Father. Prayer is about implementing God's will in the affairs of men. 1 John 5.14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anytime we disregard the divine order of things, we're out of bounds. What is the solution to this prayer killer? When we pray, we should acknowledge that God is capable of answering our prayer and also submit to God's will and understand that he may or may not choose to answer the prayer we want him to and the way we want or when we want. 
Not my will, but yours be done. Just pray, believing God can and will answer according to his will. Prayer killer number nine, idolatry. An idol is anything or anyone that takes the place of God in our lives. Why should God answer our prayers if we are unfaithful to him? Unfaithfulness is like being unfaithful to a spouse. Unfaithfulness to God is the same thing. Ezekiel 14.3 says, These men have taken their idols into their hearts and set a stumbling block of their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let myself be consulted by them? In other words, God says, Is there any reason why I should bother to answer their prayers? Exodus 23, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What is the solution to this prayer killer? To find out if something is an idol, just ask yourself, would I be willing to give this thing up if God asked me to? We should never allow anything to take priority above God. If we do, it's idolatry. And finally, prayer killer number 10, spiritual warfare. At least this one is not our fault unless we fail to obey the command to resist the devil in James chapter 4. Spiritual warfare. The devil knows he has probably lost the war for our soul once we become professing Christians. But he will still try to derail our spiritual life and attack the kingdom of God through us. We constantly do battle with the powers of darkness. Ephesians 6.12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Prayer is a spiritual battle. Remember that Daniel had been fasting and praying for 21 days when an angel appeared to him saying, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. Said Daniel, they heard you, but it's taken me 21 days to get to you, an angel. Why did it take 21 days? The prince, that is the demon of the kingdom of Persia, withstood me, held me up. I had some satanic opposition along the way, spiritual warfare. The this demon of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, the archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. There was a spiritual battle in the heavens raging to even let Daniel's prayers get answered. From the time he first began fasting and praying three weeks earlier. Well, then, what is the solution to this prayer killer of spiritual warfare? Satan hates it when you pray. That's why you always get tired and start yawning at devotion time. We must bind the strong man and all that stands against us, Mark chapter 3. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, Matthew 16 and 18. Persist in prayer. 
Men ought always to pray and not lose heart, Luke 18, and fast as Daniel did if we wish to be overcomers in spiritual warfare. So let's not passively allow these ten hindrances in prayer to ruin our prayer lives. Rise up, O men of God. James 5.16 tells us the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Or as the King James puts it, the effectual prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come humbly before you asking you to enable us to remove all hindrances to having a productive prayer life. Forgive us for the hindrances which we have allowed to come into our life. We commit to prayer afresh and anew. Increase our faith so that we can once again believe you for great things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.